Hi, and welcome to the Vote Her podcast, because when you vote, great things can happen. Hi, I'm Mara Davis, and I'm a talent booker, and I am a friend, and I'm really excited to be back with my dear, dear friend, Senator Jen Jordan. But you introduced yourself. Yeah, no, I'm super excited, too. So I'm Jen Jordan. I'm a state senator. I'm running for attorney general. My mother... um, And man, we are busy, aren't we? Well, let's recap. We've had a couple of weeks off, a little break from the podcast because we've both been traveling. I know you'll talk about where you went because I saw you put it on social media. Tell us about your vacation. We just went to the beach. It was great. Okay. But it was just me and my husband. And how was that? It was awesome. You know, we hadn't been away, just the two of us, for like seven years, seven or eight years. So it was it, it was necessary. Just the two of us. That's exactly. Just playing in the background the whole time. Amazing. Do you know that kids know that song now? Because it's like a hit on TikTok. Well, I'll have to ask my daughter about it then since she's TikTok crazy. Yeah, because Charlie knew that song and I was absolutely shocked. Grover Washington Jr., in case you were wondering. I was away in uh, Colorado, which was fun and cool. But everybody's like hiking a mountain. Yeah. That's why I don't like going to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I love to look at the mountain. I like to walk on a trail around the mountain. But if I want to get to the top of the mountain, I want to take a gondola up to the mountain. Yeah. I'm, I am much prefer the beach where the whole point is you just lay there. This is why we get along so well. Well, now we're back. And we're just going to do a little bit of a roundtable of things that are going on. Some of you have suggested uh, I ask Jen questions, and we're going to get to that because we, we do. So let's start with your fundraising. You announced that you are running for attorney general and you raised... We raised 675000 in three months, in one quarter, which is actually a record for anybody ever running for attorney general previously and in one disclosure period. And uh, and we outraised the incumbent attorney general. So it was, it was pretty good news for us. I, that is just so exciting. And I just want you to know, if you're listening, how hard it is for, to fundraise. I'm learning about this just watching you do it and the intense pressure that it is to raise all this money. So explain why you have to raise the money and where the money's going. So you have to raise it because the only way, really, especially in a statewide, it's not like people know you, right? Everybody in the state can't know you personally. So what you have to do is you have to be able to communicate to voters. And you do that through commercials or digital ads, whatever. But all of that takes money. I mean, even folks knocking on doors to hand out material, you know, you have to pay those people. If they're not volunteers, you have to pay for the for, for the things they're handing out. You have to pay for the t-shirts. All of this costs a lot. And if you kind of take it from the state Senate level to statewide, that's why the fundraising is exponentially harder and has to, it has to be more. 
And you have to account for that. So when you're buying T-shirts or you're buying ads or anything that you're doing, you have to give a record of what you've, you're spending the money on. Yeah. So this is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, Georgia has the the Ethics Commission and you can just Google Georgia Ethics Commission and go to their website and you can search for campaign reports of anyone running in the state. Right. And it really is interesting sometimes because I started kind of digging around a little bit and Funny enough, on one Republican's disclosure, not my opponent, by the way, so I don't want anybody to think that, (laughs) there was an expenditure for Georgia football tickets, which I thought was a little interesting. I'm not quite sure how that fits in either with the campaign or actually doing your job as an elected official, but you learn a lot looking at what people spend their money on. Could you justify that by saying, well, he's got some, or he or she, has some high-end donors, and that's like a party, like taking them out. Look, I think it was listed as a constituent, constituent tickets or something. Uh Uh-huh. So maybe that would be how he justifies it. Okay. But my guess is he's not taking constituents uh, to the... To the University of Georgia football game. So that's not something you would ever do ethically. If you had, let's say you had a big donor and they're like, Jen, I, I just want to go to the game with you. Here's a donation. Yeah, I'd say give it to the University of Georgia and buy yourself a ticket, bro. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. And everybody kind of has a different approach to this. I, I really do view it as being a fiduciary of people's money. You know, money does not come easy. You have to work for it. At least most people have to work for it. And so when people have enough trust in you or enough faith in you that they're going to give you one of their hard, you know, one dollars, then I think it's really important to to take that money and and invest it in ways that, you know, are going to kind of really push a campaign forward. Okay, so we have a lot to look forward to. A lot of people had some very impressive fundraising numbers that was sort of coming out while we were on break. Is there anyone who raised a lot of money that raised some eyebrows for you? Someone running for Congress or Senate or Attorney General or any of the other races? No, I mean, I think uh, B. Wynn, who's running for Secretary of State, had really solid numbers. And and one thing we have to remember, too, is that this is an off year, meaning it's not an election year. Um, We're talking about an election that is at least the November election. It's 17, 18 months out, right? So for Democrats in particular to be putting the numbers on the board that they are, when we used to couldn't even get people to run for these positions, really indicates that there's there's a real sea change in terms of where we are in this state. Well, I'm happy to hear that because I got to say, I'm pretty nervous in, a, in the sense that for 2022, I think there's a lot of Republican enthusiasm, as in I've seen some Republicans raise some impressive numbers. I mean, I you know, I'm going to bring this up because I, 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 I have a fascination with this Latham Sadler who's running for Senate against uh, Raphael Warnock. And he's a veteran and he's, you know, all-American kind of guy. And, and he raised over a million dollars, it looks like. Yeah. I mean, you know, he kind of he pushed out this uh, press release saying that he had raised more money than any other first time candidate, statewide candidate running in the state of Georgia. And then uh, uh, Senator Warnock's folks were were quick to to respond to that and say, except for Raphael Warnock. (laughs) 
So, (laughs) you know, you may want to fact check before you start doing a little dance, you know, (laughs) especially when, you know, you got beat by the, the guy you're actually having to go against. Right. But he's going around. He's doing a lot of small town events. And and I think he, to me, I don't know. I think he's more like middle. He's not middle of the road, but I think he does have some appeal. I mean, he's he's he has a beard. He has. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, he, he looks like any other Republican running for office right now. And so it, at least in the state of Georgia. Well, there's Kelvin King. So I guess in that particular uh-huh. field, we do. We have Kelvin King. Right. We have Latham Sadler. And then Gary Black. Gary Black, who is currently the uh, the agriculture commissioner in the state of Georgia. And didn't he get an endorsement from Nathan Deal? Yeah. Yeah. That I did not see that one coming, I have to tell you. Why? I don't know. I mean... Uh, First of all, we haven't seen any uh, solid fundraising numbers come from Black. And I don't think he really w- was, I don't think, I haven't heard at least a lot of Republicans that I know excited about his candidacy or, or thinking that it actually, that he could win against uh, Warnock. So I, I was surprised that Nathan Deal went ahead and kind of jumped the gun on that one. Yeah, it's a very, very early. Maybe they have a history together. I'm Obviously sure they do. They do. I love ag. Well, so little known fact, Uh it's actually a wide Uh known fact, but Uh maybe for our audience it's little known, (laughs) is that Brian Kemp actually ran for ag commissioner and got beat by Gary Black. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, we brought up uh, Governor Kemp. Let's talk about Governor Kemp and vaccines and what's going on right now. What everybody's talking about is to vax or not to vax. Obviously, we've been vaxxed for months here. And a few days ago, the governor put out a PSA about getting vaccinated. I want to share a quick COVID update Uh, here in Georgia. As we've seen across the country, cases are going up post July 4th holiday. We're also seeing hospitalizations start to rise. The patients that we're seeing in the hospitals are predominantly people that are not vaccinated. This is a great opportunity for you to talk to your medical professional, your local pharmacist, other people you trust about making a good healthcare decision for you and whether to get vaccinated or not. I have been, my family has been, um, it makes me more confident, but that's an individual health decision. I would encourage you to take the opportunity to learn more, uh, to consider what to do. Vaccines widely available, a lot of different places. Uh, so just consider that, we'll keep you posted on further updates. Now. To be fair to the governor, he has been promoting vaccines and publicly got it. Marty Kemp, the first lady, got it too. The thing in this this video that I don't like and that I have trouble with a lot of the Republicans saying it's your choice to get it and healthcare is your choice. And I take real issue with that because if it's your choice, then, you know, you should be pro-choice. So, you know, and I don't see getting vaccinated as a choice. I see it as a kind of a patriotic thing to do. So this just really uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, the, the, the issue that the Republicans have is the fact that they kind of took this whole approach about be, almost being anti-vaccine, you know, kind of saying, we're not going to make people get a vaccine passport. We're not, we're, we're not going to let 
make people who work with the state or whatever have to get a vaccine to come to work. All this stuff. So this messaging coming from Republicans was very anti-vaccine, right? And so then, of course, what you're seeing is folks, especially in the state of Georgia and other red states, in the areas that tend to be more Republican, they're not getting the vaccines. And which, (laughs) I mean, it seems consistent you know, in terms of the messaging that's been coming um, out from the top. So, you know, now all of a sudden we have this about face, you know, Sean Hannity came out and then Governor Kemp and, and all these big name Republicans coming out trying to tell people to get vaccinations. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because it's a little bit counter to a lot of the things they've been saying and doing in the last few months. For sure. I actually uh, got a question from that. And this is from my friend. He goes by Augustus Ankle on Twitter. And he wants to know what, what you think is behind the recent Republican turnaround on COVID, uh, aside from the climbing case numbers. Why did the bat signal go out? Bad internal polling? Well, I think it it actually may be because, you know, if we step back and we look at who's not vaccinated, those people tend to be Republicans or, or people who align themselves with Republican candidates. And those folks are getting hit really hard. I mean, I think DeSantis in Florida indicated that, and I don't know if this statistic holds up or not, but he said something to the effect that 95 percent of the new COVID cases were in the population that was unvaccinated. So, you know, you have this whole group of basically Republicans or Republican-aligned folks who are getting sick and dying. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly who threw out the bat signal, but I'm kind of glad they did. It's interesting to me how Governor DeSantis in general, I'm glad you brought him up because I think he is probably the best presidential candidate for the Republicans in 2024. Oh, my Lord. I I do. I think he's, uh, I I mean, I'm not endorsing him or... or Uh Good. Yeah, of course not. But I think he is the 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 most viable candidate. I just don't understand how in the same breath where he's giving the speech on vaccines, then he can come afterwards and sell T-shirts that say, don't Fauci my Florida. Yeah, well, the, that's what I'm talking about. It's like this inconsistent messaging where, the, you know, kind of the political messaging has been very much, oh, this is my choice. This is my body. The government's not going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to get a vaccination just because you tell me to get a vaccination. And then now, because of the case rates going up and the deaths going up, and, and it's really bad again, right? All of a sudden, we, we see an about face. And, and you can't do that, right? I mean, the messaging needs to be consistent across the board. And this is why public health really should not be politicized. It should not. It's interesting that even Fox News has a PSA now running. America, we're in this together. And if you can, get the vaccine. For information on vaccine sites, visit the Vaccine Finder on the homepage of foxnews.com. And this fascinates me. And there's been conversations and rumblings that the Biden administration has been talking to Fox News, saying, you know, you need to work with us. And then, of course, there's the whole Facebook thing. Yeah, look, I think... And, and, and I think probably behind the scenes, the Biden administration is doing this. At the end of the day, especially when you're an elected official, it doesn't matter if somebody's a Democrat or a Republican, an independent, not, whatever. You are that person's 
senator or president, and you don't want bad things happening to people in this country or this state. It's the way I feel. So if it coming from a different messenger, if Sean Hannity telling folks to get a vaccine is going to get through to some people so that they will get a vaccine, then it, a true leader is going to do everything they can to make sure that the right, the right message is getting delivered by the right messenger you know, for the people of this country. So here's what I wonder. I saw Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama put out a tweet and someone corrected me and said, you know, that he's been kind of pro-vaccine and doing a PSAs ever since February, even though I don't feel like he's done enough. What what could Governor Kemp do? Could they do like an, I, I feel like the only way to get to some of these people is something that they can all agree on, like an SEC football game. I mean, Look, it's, it's that's like, it's that simple, but you know, lifetime tickets to University of Georgia football games, whatever, lotteries. I mean, it's been super successful in other red states, right? Um, I think they did it in Ohio, Mike DeWine. So we know that it works if it's done, and I'm not quite sure why it hasn't happened. But look, if the numbers continue to go up, I mean, it's definitely something that this administration on the state level needs to consider. All right. Now, uh, enough pandemic talk. Let's talk about Amy Klobuchar, who came to town recently with Stacey Abrams, and they had this big voter rights forum, which kind of came by surprise, right? It was really weird. It was just like all of a sudden, Amy Klobuchar is coming. Yeah, so they were doing a rules committee hearing to take evidence for, in terms of voter suppression and what had happened in the various elections um, in the last year or two. But I guess they got in early on Sunday and decided to have another event um, in Smyrna and and got to talk to a lot of voters um, and hear their stories. And look, I think the more that people can tell their story in terms of voting, I think I think it's important. Do you think this is going to how do you think this is going to affect 2022 voting? I mean, do you think this is going to energize Democrats because they feel like, you know, the, the, they've been kind of put through the ringer with all these new voting laws or like what the Texas Democrats are doing? And I think the Texas Democrats have done some really awesome things, but they've made some missteps, too. But like what at the end of the day? What are people going to do? Look, I think that the only thing we can do is to educate people on what the new law does Mm -hmm. and how to vote. And there are lots of of little tricks and and little, you know, I, I like to say ways that you can kind of mess up so that you don't get your absentee ballot or you don't, you know, get your application, whatever it is. And so I think the the best thing that we can do on the ground is just to make sure that we are communicating as clearly as possible to people in terms of how they can vote legally and and then try to help them do that. And so that's just going to that's going to take a lot of manpower and a lot of money. Do you think this is a good thing for Republicans as in you know, people will say, well, everybody wants voter ID. Voter ID is a great thing. And most Americans agree on it. And people are taking this, you know, it's out of control. So it's like, you know, there's people like you who actually reads the law or like understands it. But then if you're when you're messaging to a 
regular person and someone's telling them, well, it's not that bad. I mean, Georgia has better laws than some other states. So what's everybody complaining about? Well, what we're complaining about is that this came out of, you know, the big lie. There wasn't anything to fix in terms of Georgia law. And we actually had historic turnout. And especially with the with the um, the runoff and even with the general election, I mean, that went as smoothly as I've ever seen a presidential election go in the state of Georgia. And so we have that. And then we go straight into session and all of a sudden it's we've got to completely change the law because Democrats won. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. Well, I am curious to see if it will the Coke products still be there when you go back to the Capitol? Um, They're they're still there. (laughs) And... Amazingly, right? Amazingly. And then the all-star game hype. Uh, I found this really, really interesting. And I wanted to tweet back at some of the politicians that were tweeting out the article had the all-star game, which was moved from Atlanta uh, or Cobb County. And would have been in my district. To Denver. Meanwhile, I was in Denver and I saw all the all-star game hype. It was a few, the week before. And I don't know, people weren't that fired up there. I mean, I don't, and I didn't feel like a buzz in the town because of it. But people were gleefully tweeting out, oh, the ratings were the lowest ratings of a, the all-star game, the second lowest rated all-star game on television. And I'm like, how is that? You're so, Are you self-owning yourself by saying that? Do you think that people didn't watch because they were so upset? That it wasn't it? in Cobb yeah, County? Right, right. Yeah, it was really... Yeah. It was really, really, I mean, maybe they're not watching because it's boring. Well, I mean, I think baseball has had an, an issue for a while in terms of their fan base and getting younger folks to, to actually tune in to the various games or to show up. And so that's the problem. What was interesting to me about how Republicans dealt with this is that they clearly thought it was a winner in terms of the messaging because they talked about it like every single day. <laughs> I'm like, what about COVID? What about the Department of Labor? What about getting people jobs? All this great stuff, right, that we should be talking about. And all they could talk about was the all-star game that every Democrat that I know actually tried to make sure stay here. I mean, I don't think I, yeah, especially the people who who represent the area. But apart from that, the governor and other Republicans tend to forget that the Braves are actually an MLB team. So you can't separate it out. You can't be like, go Braves, we love you, and MLB is the worst. I mean, they're, they're part of MLB. Right, right. That's like saying, I love Coke, Sprite, you're terrible. You, right, you right. know, it's the same. It's the same thing. Or like uh, diet coke. <laughs> it's so, so, it was really a bizarre thing. And they didn't even use Lady Gaga's, even Lady Gaga has a song called A Million Reasons. And she even says a hundred million reasons, even though she would have sent a cease and desist. But, you know, they had the perfect song for that. They loved that 100 million number. It was like, a fake number because you think about that like really a hundred million dollars I don't think so yeah no I can tell you that that is not the case and that came from a press release I think actually put out by MLB because they they want people they want like folks like the Braves or Truist Stadium mm-hmm. to, to welcome them into their states and want to host this and and so they put in this puffed up number but no one it, no 
No, and I don't think anybody's offered <laughs> any proof that 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 number is actually real. I, I wish it were, but it's not. I, again, go back to the theory of they had Hank Aaron's widow there at the game, and I think it was the Hank Aaron family who had some real issues with the All-Star game and any tribute to her husband in a state that's... Um, you know, has oppressive voting laws. I think that is a story that hasn't been told. I don't believe she's been interviewed about that. And I think there were conversations that could have been had that led to the moving of the game. Well, that's what's what's so interesting is how Republicans have pointed specifically to Stacey Abrams, which I have no idea how they draw this line. But they've blamed Stacey Abrams for the all-star game for being pulled, right? Even though MLB was clear that the reason that they were pulling it or that they were going to go to Colorado was because of the Republican law that was passed and signed by the Republican governor. So it's kind of like they're told what happened, what caused it. And of course, then they're going to they're going to point to Stacey Abrams and say, no, 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 really, it was because of her. It's like, come on. Do you think she loves that? I mean, do you think like, because, you know, and I've joked about this before that like, it's like, I stub my toe, Stacey Abrams, you know, it's like, there's, there's always a finger pointing at her, but do you think she's like, I'm living inside your head rent free? Or is she like, would you you just leave me alone? My guess is she's not really giving it much thought. I I don't think she, (laughs) I don't think she thinks about it, which of course then lets her live rent-free in their heads, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, for much longer. Okay, uh, here's a question since we started the show talking about fundraising. Uh, Lauren Patrick, who goes by pretty underscore Southern, she's a regular listener of the podcast. And she was just saying, and we, you know, we may not be able to like list this all right now, but she said it'd be helpful to hear a list of the candidates we should be supporting right now for uh, 2021 elections as well as 2022 we know Senator Jen is running in uh, B-Win, but who else should we be donating to or following? So part of the uh, the problem is that the folks that are out now are out really early. I mean, I'll tell you, I am out way early. Usually people don't actually even say they're going to run or decide to run until the fall um, or even going into January of, of election year. So it's kind of hard to say, This is really who you should be supporting or not. But there are some really great people running. Eric Allen is running. He is a rep out of Cobb County. William Bodie is running. He is a rep out of, I think it's uh, McDonough, that area, and in parts South Fulton, that whole area. And he's a great guy and he's an attorney. There is, um, and he's running for for labor and Eric's running for um, lieutenant governor. There is... Gosh, there are just a lot of people. Oh, well, now Zell Miller's son just announced he was running for lieutenant governor. Yeah, I mean, right? I, I mean, wow. Well, Zell Miller's grandson. Grandson, grandson, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah all but, in the family. Well, it's bizarre because... Because he's a Democrat. Well, he said he's going to run as a Democrat, but he was Doug Collins' campaign manager for his first congressional run. That's, that's <laughs> a little tough. But is a check a check? What do you mean a check a check? I mean, it was a it was a job, right? I guess you have to put like put your whole life into it. I mean, 
I've talked to people who have, you know, worked for both parties. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a little <laughs> bit tougher. It's not like you can say, well, I, you know, I worked with this Republican 20 years ago. I mean, Doug Collins run for Congress and, and service in Congress is still pretty fresh. It's fresh. I know. And we still need to have him on as a guest on the um, show. He It was announced that Doug Collins was writing a book about the impeachment hearing which one i can't remember <laughs> is it gonna is it gonna be like a pop-up book it's just gonna yell at you like i mean i've watched those hearings and it's like it's something i don't really want to relive yeah yeah i mean well uh, we didn't even get to january 6th and all those hearings there's just too much to discuss here so listen um we do want to thank you for listening and so many of you have written us some nice comments we didn't hear from anybody saying hey where's a new show <laughs> No, and, and, you know, we love y'all. You know y'all love we us. We still... Y'all were on vacation, too. That's what we'll say. I also wanted to say uh, uh, State Senator Lester Jackson is running and Derek Jackson's running. There, there are lots of people. That's why it's kind of hard to just name one or, or two. And Matthew Wilson's running for insurance. It's just... So, and to be fair, I put Jen on the spot with that and we didn't... Pre- Sometimes we pre-prep these topics, but I just sent out a Twitter call and to see if anybody would answer and then people did. So so we like that. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the good thing is, is we've got all these great people running, which has not been the case in the past for Democrats. Yeah. And so we're going to have to get some of these people on. Um, by the way, you can always reach out to us, um, you know, at Senator Jen and at Mara Davis on Twitter. And you can email me, Mara, MaraDavis.com. I, we have a, a podcast, a voter podcast email. I forgot what that was. And I'm not sure I checked it in a while. <laughs> see. So we'll get back to you. <laughs> so. Anything else you want to announce while you're here? No, I do want to say thank you to anybody who um, who actually gave to the campaign. It, it does. It means a lot. You should see Jen is wearing the coolest necklace right now. It is gold state of Georgia. Where'd you get that? That's very cool. So I got this after I won my first state senator. <gasps> so is somebody a gift? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's from your husband. Yeah. And I I wear it. I've worn it since. That's so good. Good. That's such a good, like, you know, I'm at the campaign event. I'm wearing my blazer, got my Georgia necklace, but it's, cla- but make it classy. Yeah, it's, it's a good looking necklace. <laughs> All right. We're going to have another week off, but then we're going to be back. I mean, you're in full fundraising swing. Like you're busy, like legit again. Are we, are we, we're going to keep going, right? We're, we're going to keep going and we're going to, um, you know, we're, I think we're still in vacation mode a little bit. I feel uh, like yeah, it. This, vaca- this podcast is a little vacation modey. Yeah, forgive us. Forgive us. Well, we'll get back into it. From all the looks that Jen has been giving me during this whole conversation. <laughs> but no, next time we're going to have a legit guest. We do have a wish list, and I'm going to book us some good guests for this. Until then, make sure you have a voting plan. That's right. <laughs> in, in 17 months. <laughs> 